Let's actually understand what being normal means. Yeah. You're overweight. You're probably divorced a couple of times. You got kids who don't like you. You don't have a purpose. And you're saving up for retirement that probably won't even exist. Do you really want to be normal? This is All In with Rick Jordan. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. I'm here with Brendan. Oh my God, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chop this up. Can you help me out with your last name? <laughs> you can just call me Brendan, but my, my last right. name is Kumarasamy. Kumarasamy. Gotcha. This is just Brendan. There we go. That's how we're rolling today. <laughs> <laughs> Love this. That's awesome, man. Cool. Dude, I see you got some nice like plaid going on. Here I am in like one of my branded t-shirts and you got like some, uh, some check going on underneath the sweater. I like the look. Yeah, trust me, I didn't pick it out. My friend did. Oh, <laughs> did he? <laughs> Just for today or like forever? He oh, no, forever. Yeah, don't worry. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be on Rick Jordan today. Can you pick yeah. out? A- <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it, dude. You know, I mean, you know, at some point, I don't know, I've been on some bigger shows like Dropping Bombs before with Brad Lee, you know, but, yeah, but I'm yeah. looking at uh, the there's some other things out there for even big shows. And I'm like, what am I going to wear? You know, it's always a thought that goes through my head. Uh, is this, is this just audio or is this video too? <laughs> yeah. Do I have to show my mansion in the back? Cause I'm I know, like, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Give my little zoom background on my pool. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. Dude. Thanks for being on. I'm pumped to talk about you. Cause you're, you're with IBM right now, right? You got it. That's cool. What do you do for them? Yeah, for sure. So, so what I do is I is I implement different uh, technologies. So I'm an SAP consultant there. Oh, so gotcha. I do like okay. a lot of HR. Yeah. But my passion project, usually what people have me on for is Master Talk, not usually IBM. But I'm happy to speak about that too. Well, no, dude, I'm just uh, like it's a background, like an origin kind of thing, right? I want to talk to you about Master Talk. That's that's beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. that, I'm really pumped about that. But I want to, yeah. I, everyone's story like mine. I mean, dude, I was like the first geek squad agent in Chicago, you know, 15 years ago. So everybody has a, has a place that they were at, you know, or is still at. Yeah. But that's cool. So you're an SCP consultant. How did that lead into master talk or has master talk been like kind of transcending a lot of that? Yeah, for sure. So, so since you have that tech background, it would probably be yeah. easier to just explain it. So when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So I'm sure you're familiar, but what a lot of people do at, in business schools, they do these yeah. case studies to get jobs in investment banking or consulting. So my dream was to work at McKinsey, basically, and IBM and all these consulting firms. So I was a nut job with cases in the same way other guys my age would, you know, watch basketball, which I never really understood. It's like a ball with air. I don't really yeah. get that. But when came to presentations. I was presenting like three times a week. I was like a madman Wow! to get into those positions. So when I got into consultants, I started IBM when I was around 22-ish. Yeah, yeah. And my goal first two weeks in was, hey, I want to be the youngest partner there, you know, senior level exec and all that yep. stuff. But I transitioned from, this is great. I love my job. I really enjoy it. That's why I still work there. But I think for me, it was more about how do I transition from the money to how do I use my time and expertise to make an impact? And that's when the idea for MassTalk came because a lot of people don't really share good information on that topic on YouTube. So I decided to do something about it in my basement. Yeah, man, dude, you definitely found a niche and that you did it in your basement. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been guessing, dude, I mean, the past couple of months, I've been guesting on a lot of shows too. You know, typically I haven't done many guest spots, but now it's like, it's really cool because I, I love 
like, like just yesterday, it was a brand new show, you know, he was batching and I was recording the fourth episode with him. But I loved because I've been doing this a while now, you know, we're into like our 70th something episode, it's been over a year. And I, I also do TV and everything else. dude. I love bringing the energy, you know, and to your point, you know, there's not a lot of the, the, there's some shows, dude, some shows that are like NPR, right? Like National Public Radio, just really boring. And you have people talking like this the whole time. You know, I can get really deep too, you know? But, it's, it's a, but we've got, I love that, man, because it, you find you found the niche. And, you know, and this is something that I, I want a lot of people that are listening to really grab onto this from you. Because I don't think anyone's told this, right? Because, I mean, I started a life business in tech, but I gear towards more cybersecurity and motivation end of story, right? It's a, it's a great niche to be in. And the difference always is you, right? So whenever you're like, Oh, what, what's going to make me different than the other person that has this show or has this product has this service, mm. the freaking difference is you, it's always going to be you. What do you bring into the table? You're a different personality than everybody else, or at least you should be always strive to be the real you and let it out, dude. So master talk, when did you start that? Of course. And an honest, complete side note, you embody that as well. Cause I saw you rapping at Harvard, man. Don't, don't <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's go. I was like, this yes. <laughs> I was like, this is, right, is going to be a hell of a show. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, you're not getting, yeah. Um, for the, those who are listening, ch- check it out. Go, you know, go on my website. Cause that's where a lot of my, my media page. Right. And yeah, man, I, I have freaking like this, the largest canvas painting of George Washington I've ever seen behind me on the podium and I was rapping it was some imagined dragons it was a lot of fun man and, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this you literally embody purple cow because you literally <laughs> are purple yes <laughs> that's great you actually are purple it's like <laughs> yep. oh man I, I like you more and more man this I is appreciate so great that, sorry I just yeah. like giving random things as I talk but anyways Dude, these are the squirrels <laughs> and I chase squirrels it's just how it goes so there feel free, run them right down the trail. Let's rock it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always bring it back. I promise. <laughs> so master talk, right? Uh, what was a, you, you've described the reason why you started that, right? But when did it start? You know, how long do you see the project continuing? I'm curious, man, because you had a specific reason to start it versus a lot of like the past several months, you know, in like the post COVID world, everybody's starting a podcast just to kind of start a podcast because it's like the thing to do, you exactly. know, and there's no other reason besides just, oh, everybody else is doing it. But you obviously have a very distinct reason just like I did. So what you have the niche, man, but how long do you see this project going and even more so where do you see it fitting into your overall strategy? Because I'm sure it has a purpose. Right. I love this, man. So, so the way that I see it is, like you mentioned yourself, every sport is different and every sport that you play has a set of rules to be successful in. Yeah. So let's say you want to go into the NBA, you have to do these steps and you might or might not make it because there's a number of spots. In this space that we're in content creation, you better have a damn good reason why you're creating or else you're right going to give up like most people. Yep. So for me, it was simple. It's, but it, it, you don't have to start big either. You don't need like a purple background or anything. Like you could start, yeah. you know, with this white wall. <laughs> but I think the intention, back to what you were saying, why are you starting this in the first place? So for me, it was simple. I was, you know, was a lot of people I was coaching, I've been coaching yeah. people since I was 19 on public speaking, were asking me things like, how did you learn how to speak? And I just went, I don't know. I just presented a lot. Because I presented over 500 times in university. Yeah. A yeah. lot of these competitions. Yep. But when it came to, to asking myself the question. I never had an answer. I was mostly self-taught. They would always ask me stuff like, hey, like, what about YouTube? Do you like watch this kind of stuff? I was like, no. 
But I spent a day watching all of the other videos on YouTube and I was vomiting in my mouth. I was like, this is terrible. There's one person in particular that I need to point out, not name any or anyway, but like <laughs> the, the content. It was literally how to manage vocal tones. And this is the video. Oh my Lord. Yep. Hi everyone, today we're going to learn how to manage vocal tones. I was like, dude, you don't even know how to manage your own vocal tones. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> the variety, right? Up and down yeah. tonality, uh-huh. Yep. I'm just like, like, I can literally do this. Like, let's say, for example, I project sadness. Yeah. Or anger or happiness. Like, notice how I can, like, do this. But, oh, yeah, like, dude. That, that guy, like, couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. And he had, like, 70,000 subscribers. And I was like, I think we need... <laughs> what? I, think, I was like, what is this? But it was... Again and again, it wasn't just him. It was, you know, all the other YouTube. So I was just like, this is stupid. So anyways, I started making videos in my basement. You know, I had no lighting, no budget. Like, this is yeah. a basic thing you got. This is like a brand new thing, by the way. Yeah, like, anyways, that's, that's, like that's the upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you caught me two weeks ago, it was like, I had like my, anyways. I like it. But anyways, the idea is simple. Started with something small, like the smaller vision. But what yeah. happened over time, because even then I wasn't sold. I was like, oh, I'm going to be senior executive at a company. You know, this is what I'm going to do. Yep, yep. But then as time went on, the videos started getting better. I had 10 subscribers, 15 subscribers. But what happened was very different. And anyone who has a purpose and an intention will understand this like you. Some random person, when you think it's a dumb idea, will come up to you and say, hey, Rick, by the way, what you're doing is not a dumb idea. You're like, really? Right on. Yep. You're like, actually? <laughs> so, then what they, so then you get some encouragement, but you go, nah. But then the second person, the third person, the fifth person, the 10th person starts coming. And then you go, oh, but what it really hit for me was in September, a couple of months ago. Okay. What does this event? I'm sure you've been with Lewis House's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Greatness. So I went to his event for the first time ever. And I met a bunch of purpose-driven entrepreneurs. So I was like, I thought I was the only one. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> and then I met a bunch of other people. That's when it clicked because everyone there had amazing ideas. They're doing incredible work, yeah. but couldn't afford someone like me to coach them on speaking or didn't understand the value of communication. And that's when it popped. I said, oh, I need to make videos forever, like for everybody. Yeah, so right then Master Talk transitioned from, I'm a kid in a basement, 22, who the hell am I to make these videos to? Now I want to be the number one speaking coach that ever lived because I have this gift that Dale Carnegie didn't, which is Dale Carnegie was born in the wrong time period. So we don't have his videos to learn from. Whereas me, if I create them at a very young age and I just build on that and I only yeah, focus on that, I can create videos for the world. That's beautiful, man. And I think you're hitting on a couple of amazing points there too. Because it, one, your transition from not just a specific person, but the videos that you create are really geared towards everybody. You know, for example, I, I have a mastermind, right? I, I coach other managed service providers, other cybersecurity companies. However, my podcast and everything else is just for the whole freaking world, man. You know, because I, I want everybody else to grab onto it. But even more so, I think it helps keep you more rounded. And you can bring more value to your niche audience by trying to be broad in the message to the entire world, at least in that one area. Of course, there's very specific things in your case in coaching speakers, presenters, all of that, that might not apply to literally everybody, but still at the same time, dude, media, right? Media, everything that we're doing right now, I feel that every IT company should be a media company first. Because there's so much of a human aspect in cybersecurity that you have to tell people exactly what to do and what not to do, how to keep themselves safe. Just like you, everybody talks, right? And when I've seen speakers, it's so funny and so resonating because I've seen those same types of videos with the monotone people and all of that. But every single engagement, you know, and another thing that I've seen is that just because people think they've been talking their whole lives, they feel like they're a good speaker. 
probably like this person right here, but there's tonality, there's inflection, there's facial expression, there's eyes, there's hand movements, you know, even like media, how we are right now, you see me taking up the whole freaking frame uh, mm -hmm. on Zoom. When you're on stage, you know, you have to take up more space. When you take up more space, you're more dynamic. So not being a speaker is so much more about than just the words that are coming out of your mouth. And I love that, man, because you've got such a broad range that you can cover with this. And you're so passionate about it too. That comes across in how you speak. I love it, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So Master Talk, tell, tell me a little bit more about that because that's your program, right? I want to know more about that. I mean, dude, I might enroll, you know, because I've been doing this a long time. You said over 500, you know, times, same thing, right? I remember my first time speaking, dude, it was when, when I was in Sunday school in like sixth grade, you know, and they're like, hey, you can teach the class. It was like five or six other kids, you know, people picking their nose, you know, all of that. And I remember teaching, it was in church, it was teaching about Noah's Ark. Right. And I can even think back and vividly remember how I taught that and the parts that that jumped out at me. And I think this is key for anybody that has a message. Right. What's going to excite you is going to naturally excite everybody else because Love you have freaking superpowers when you're on stage and that's going to transcend into your audience. I remember talking about the enormity of the freaking ark in itself and how the Bible describes it, how, you know, how many cubits long and wide and tall and how freaking massive this thing was, you know, exponentially bigger than even the Titanic. And that's the part that I hit on, on that. It was like, you know, from my spiritual beliefs, it was like almost impossible for a freaking human at that time period. Think about the Titanic sank right? <laughs> it obviously wasn't all that safe. I mean, they hit an iceberg, but imagine something, you know, 10, 20, 50 times the size of that freaking thing that was built 2,000 years prior or 5,000 years prior. That's the part that blew my mind. So when I was talking about that, I love talking to people and speaking, and I'm sure you do the same, about things that blow my mind because I'm going to get excited about them, which means that that excitement's going to carry over into my audience too. And I absolutely love that. And I think you'll, you'll appreciate this one a lot. So the analogy I like to use is mirrors. So let's say you wake up in the morning, you look at a mirror, right? You get yeah. ready in the bathroom and you see someone who's pumped. You're like, man, I got this podcast with Brendan, got a bunch of meetings. And this, when you see yourself in that mirror, yeah. that is the energy that you will project onto everyone, your friends, your family, your colleagues, and more importantly, your audience. Oh, but man, the huge. opposite is also true. This day sucks. I got to talk to this guy named Brendan. What's he doing in his basement anyways? I got to go coach these people in a mastermind. What is this, a master of mine? I saw some of his dark videos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when you're looking in that very uh, same mirror and you see someone who's not pumped, that is also the energy that you project, yeah, man. whether it's your family, your friends, your colleagues, and more importantly, your audience. What's the message yep. here? The message is that a mirror is not just the thing you look at in the morning, it's the very thing that you are. Because as speakers, we project our emotions onto our audience. So if we look pissed off, wow. if we look angry, our audience is gonna wonder why. Why yeah. isn't Brendan excited today? You know. But on the other hand, if we're calm, if we're excited, more importantly in these times, for reassuring, that is also how we'll come off of. So mirror properly. Dude, that's amazing. I love that I perspective. I had, a, I had a conversation with someone the other day about how you wake up. And this individual was like, you know, I really, really like sleep. 
And, you know, some, some people, it, it, there's a range, right? Some people need, no matter what in their life, you know, eight, nine hours of sleep, especially if they're a parent of like a newborn or something like that, because it just takes a lot out of you. You sure. know, my kids are a little older now uh, to where they're 10 and 13 years old, but I've always been like this. And my son, my youngest son is like this too, man, to where he wakes up with the sunlight. And I noticed something along the lines of what you're saying, you know, most days I will do that. I'll set my alarm for 6 a.m., but my butt will wake itself up sometime between 5.30 and 5.50, no matter what time I go to bed. You know, it just is. And when I wake up, I'm ready to attack the day. I don't stay in bed longer than five minutes because I know then I'll start thinking or then it's, it gets me in a wrong mindset immediately when, when the day starts. But I do notice, man, if I had a rough night or something like that, let's say an argument with my wife, or it was, there was just a lot of crappy stuff that hit me with work, with, with clients, whatever it was the day before, my body doesn't wake itself up in the morning. You know, because it is that, that mental state that starts to weigh me down. So on those days, if I don't set an alarm, most days I don't have to because I just get up. But if I don't set an alarm on those days, I know that I'm just going to sleep. So then it's forcing myself right back into the right mindset, being like, you know what? Yesterday was yesterday. It doesn't matter anymore. Today is something else that I can just go out and attack the world with and crush it. And then it gets you right back into that rhythm. But yeah, I mean, even down with the mirror, I love that perspective, man, because if I were to lay in bed for 30 extra minutes and get up late, it would be that dude that you're talking about being like, man, today's just going to suck. I'm with you. I love that. I love that. And going back to habits, because I love that you mentioned, you know, waking up at 530. Because a lot yeah. of people ask me about that. They go like, do you like eat oranges in the morning? Like, what's your, uh, what's your go-to habit? And I always yeah. say the same thing. And it's very controversial, just true. Let's forget about the exercising. Let's forget about waking up in the morning for two seconds. Yeah. Let's focus on the real habit that everyone needs to implement, which is asking yourself the hard questions. Dude, it boggles my mind that people have not spent, not like 10 hours, 10 yeah. minutes of their life, not of their day, of their life, just asking simple questions about why they're here. Here's one. If you had all the money in the world, how yeah. would you spend your time? 100% of the people I've asked this question to, not like 90, all of them, That's all cool. respond with travel. And then I go, I always play devil's advocate. I go, so let me get this straight. So you want to travel 40 years and then die. Did I get that correctly? And they go, no. And they go, well, then what do you do? What time are you waking up? Who are you waking up with? Are you waking up to anyone? Is there a dog, a cat, a parrot? Are you in a house? Are you even in a house? Are you in a different country? <laughs> no one even ponders this for 10 minutes. That's what leads to the exercise. That's what leads yeah. to the nutrition. There's no reason to eat well. Why are you just eating well for the sake of it? Dude, that's huge. You're so dead on to a lot of people and probably most don't travel that frequently, you know, and I'm meeting a lot, you know, cause I'm 40 right now. It's, I love that. I don't look like it. That's fantastic. You don't too. actually, I'll give you Thanks, that. Man. <laughs> but I mean, that's part of the nutrition. That's part of everything that I do, right? That's part of getting up and not sleeping in every single day. A lot of people will say travel and I didn't travel much when I was in my twenties. You know, and it's something that I look back on and I regret because it's not so much the travel itself, you know, and seeing places, but the travel brings experiences and new groups of people 
to interact with and interacting with, with individuals. I'm sure that's what most are not thinking when they're saying, Hey, if I got all the money in the world or whatever, I'm going to travel. They're just saying, I'm going to go lay on the beach, whatever it is. I'm talking social interaction, building a network, continuing to branch out and finding out what the rest of the world is doing, getting outside your bubble. It's so important, man. And if you're looking at that, I can't remember. I was talking to someone, I think it was just yesterday on another show about this, where, you know, if I get, I'm 40 right now and there's people that have retired at 40. I'm thinking I still got like another 50 years left. At least I'm planning on it. What am I going to do if I just hung it all up right now? Because I could, I could sell my business and my cybersecurity business and I would be set. I could reinvest it. I could retire right now. And it doesn't even take a lot of money to do that either for those that are listening. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do around the world with just very, very little money. But then I start thinking, it's like, if I had all the money in the world, to your point, it's like immediately, I'm thinking like, I have immediate answers to those questions. It's like, I'm founding 50 nonprofits. I'm investing in 50 different startups that can actually make a difference in the world. I'm going to go fund anti-human trafficking because it's a passion of mine. The work never stops, man. The work never stops until the day that you die. Retirement, you know, if you want to call it that is just almost like moving into a phase that I feel of like permanent mentorship to everybody else that's out there. You've built up all these resources to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm not going to advance my own efforts anymore. That's what the retirement dividing line is to me. You move over to the point where I'm just going to advance everybody else's efforts. Now, everyone who feels like they have something amazing to contribute to humanity. That's beautiful, man. Look at Thanks, you. Brother. I love it. Thanks. I love it, man. <laughs> I hope it inspires here. everybody that's listening. Cause I, I, mm. I, you know, I was like, you're going to work till you die. Right. I'm like, I don't see it that way. You know, I, I see like phases and seasons in life and there's individuals that are mentors in my life right now that are in that mode to where it's like they're in their sunset business years. Right. But now there looks like, man, I've got everything that I need. What's the point in having all this? Because I can't take it anywhere with me when I die, regardless. I need to pour into somebody else who can do even greater works than what I did. It's freaking fantastic, man. So keep, keep going, dude. I mean, I don't know. I see myself at like 107, right? Still lifting and, <laughs> and still going after some crazy things, still finding people to pour my heart into. That's how it's got to be, dude. Mm, I, I love that. And just to build on what you were saying there, like just this whole idea of retirement makes no sense to me. Right like on. think about it. Everyone re- plans to retire to 65, but just to make it blatantly obvious for everyone's listening right now, Steve Jobs had all the money in the world died at 52. So if you yeah. followed that strategy, where does that get you? Dude, that's, right? that's deep, man. That's right on. Right. Same thing. Paul Allen, co-founder of Microsoft had all the money in the world died at 65. So don't save up for retirement. And the point that I'm driving, and you know this, right? I'm just explaining it in a more negative people way, shocking yeah. way. Let's lift them up out of their negativity. Yeah. Real. That's the point, one of the points of the show, you know? Right. There's so much that people are meant for, and everybody is meant for more. Keep going, please. Absolutely. No, no, no. Yeah. Absolutely. I just love this. It's great. <laughs> so the first thing is question everything. Two and a half kids, white picket fence. Why should you even own a house? I'll be straight up honest here. I'm a six-figure earner. I'll still live in my mom's basement. Why yeah. do I do that? Because I want master talk to work at any yeah. cost. I don't care whatever my partner thinks, my family thinks this needs to work because yeah. people need the information. So I don't own a car simple. So I can invest in this cool production that you got. Right. Same thing. Other thing I want to talk about is the definition of normal. Everyone's striving to be normal. Let's actually understand what being normal means. Yeah. You're overweight. You're probably divorced a couple of times. You got kids who don't like you. You don't have a purpose and you're saving up for retirement that probably won't even exist. Do you really want to be normal?
Oh my God. If you were here, I'd be like hugging you right now. I don't even care about COVID, dude. I'd have my arms around you. Because I'm not too far from Chicago, baby. I, should... <laughs> I love it. Oh man, that's that's hard hitting, dude. That's the straight truth that everyone needs to hear because it's like this this fallacy, right? This American dream of owning a house and then retiring off of Social Security when you get to be 65 years older. But now it's more like 67 until you get full benefits. I know that because my mother's 68 and she didn't get full benefits on Social Security until 67. And, uh, you know, who? I'm not getting into the political realm, but legitimately, who knows if that's even going to be around. Exactly. Right? 25, 27 years from now when I'm there. It's a, planning for the end of doing nothing is just an empty feeling. Why don't you just keep crushing it until you get to the point to where it's like, I'm content, which means if I went today, I've helped out a lot of people. If I went today, or maybe you're thinking you've got like an hour to live or something like that, you know, or you just, you're going to bed one night, dude, this is like, this is my idea of like the dream, right? You just go to bed one night and you think, man, I'm looking back and you just start to smile. You just start to have tears of joy thinking about all the people that you helped, the, the impact you made on other lives in this world, and you close your eyes, and then that's it. It's the perfect ending. It doesn't mean that you didn't have struggle. It doesn't mean that you didn't go through a lot of suck, because in order to get to that point to where you are content at the very end of your life, you have to level up and grow yourself. And the only way to do that is through struggle. And the struggles that you go through when you've passed that phase into mentorship or full-time mentorship, which some might call retirement, when you get to that phase, then you can look back at all your struggles and be like, hey man, this is what I went through and this is what Mm -hmm. happened. I made a good decision here. I made a bad decision here. Here's why I'm just bringing you the wisdom from my experience so that you can make an informed decision rather than going into this blind. I can close my eyes tonight and know that if I don't wake up tomorrow morning, your life is better. I love that, but I'm going to, because I love you a lot, is I'm going to push that analogy from a nine out of 10 to an 11. Do it. So what an 11 looks like is I want you to write out the speech that they say at your funeral. And the oh. thing that stuck out to me when I did that was I didn't want any shoulds in my goddamn speech. Oh, you know, Brendan had a lot of potential. He should have, <laughs> he should have done this YouTube channel. He should have helped millions of people after he died. Too bad he got into a car accident at 25. Dude, I'm doing this today. Right. So that way, because what to help kind of people clarify this, it's a lot yeah. easier to figure out what you don't want versus what you do want. Right? Huh. So like one, one of the girls I was talking to, one of my mentors, who's been in a relationship with her boyfriend, they just got engaged and she was like 14. Yeah. So I asked her, what's her secret? Because they, they're really happy together. And she, she looked at me and she said, Brenda, do you know what the, the opposite of love is? And I'm just, you know, this ignorant little kid and I go, I don't know, hate. She's like sipping her little juice and she looks at me and goes, no, it's indifference. And I go, whoa. whoa. What was, I was like, whoa. <laughs> you kind of, whoa. She looked at me while she was like, we were having Robin and she was like, how old did you say? Eight? No, she's 25 now. But, oh, okay. Uh, so she's, <laughs> oh, damn. Like, I know. I was like, whoa. That, that spot's a whole different. Why is Brendan getting advice from an eight-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. He's like open. Like, you're very open. <laughs> All right. 25. Cool. That's still great. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so what she said, she said it wasn't about like focusing on the ideal boyfriend I wanted. Yeah. It was more about figuring out what I didn't want. 
Yeah. I yeah. didn't want the situation my parents were in. I didn't want this. I just wanted. And so what are the things behind that? So she dated around that and it worked very well for her. Oh, so I, great, I think, man. I think that analogy applies for anything in life. Cause I, I find a lot of people are confused with their passion. I go, okay, let's, let's take a step back here. Let's forget about what your passion. Let's forget about all that stuff. Yeah. Why don't we start with what you don't want to do at any cost? Do you want to be a pastor? Do you want to be a plumber? Generally speaking, those two people are different. If they're the same, it's cool. There's always somebody who goes, yeah, I'd like to be a plumber. I'm very hands-on. Yeah, then if yeah. you ask that same person, hey, would you want to be a pastor? Like, no. Right? <laughs> so, not, to, not to knock on any of those careers, but the point I'm making is more about um, it's easy for you to make a list of the things you don't want to do. So that yeah. way you can just go by elimination. So I did that a lot with literally every decision I made in life. When I was 12, I chose to be an accountant. Why? I didn't have any money. I wanted to get out of poverty. I didn't want to be this guy in a podcast, you know, doing all these shows or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was just a dude who wanted to make some money, you know, give my, my, uh, my mom and sister the opportunities they never had. And I was good at math and I was garbage at everything else. So I just said, okay, accounting. So then I, you know, I got a job at PwC. Yep, then after yep. that, I was like, all right, what now? Um, what makes more money or more fulfillment or more interesting investment banking management consulting and that's the two and I was like I want to be a consultant I did case competitions <laughs> my whole life love it don't want to do banking 110 hours a week forget it doesn't make sense then I got to consult and I was like what now so now I want to like make an impact in the world I got I had 10 ideas I was like should I do like public speaking should I do like career coaching because I kind of like that framework yeah, I just yeah, demonstrated it's yep. like value add then I was like oh master talk is the thing because master talk is the thing that I can do that only I can do. Because I'm like 22, speak multiple languages. I can yeah. coach people in a way that no one else has been doing. So it's always by a process of elimination. So that's an that exercise. Is, yeah. Dude, that's so huge too. Because you have yeah. to try a million different things in order to hone in on exactly what you want. And every single one of those experiences counts for something too. You know, even with eliminating, but you're still going to grab at least one thing out of any experience that you have that you can either apply or say, I'm never doing that again. You know, I'm going to exclude that from everything else that I'm doing. That, that's beautiful, man. That, that's one of the, because are, are you 22 now? I'm 24 now. 24 now. That's, that's amazing that, that dude, that you've come to that realization. You know, I, it's just fantastic to me because the biggest advice I have for anybody that's in their twenties is to freaking try everything that, that you can, any experience that comes across your place, just say yes, because no matter what, you know, as long as there's not like a moral or gut check or something like that, just freaking do it because you're going to jump into something that you just might like, that just might even spark a thought process. You may never even do it again, mm -hmm. but now it's something that you can incorporate in your, your realm of experiences, your portfolio to be able to hone in exactly like you did, man, dude, way to go for real. That's fantastic. It's a, it's, I was young too when I had all these tons of experiences because of the fact really that started when my dad passed when he was 16, when I was 16. And that's when I just jumped into everything that I possibly could, man. I mean, I knew pretty much what I wanted to do by the, by the time I was 23. That's you know, awesome. But there's still a process. There's still stuff that has to happen. There's still a lot of new things to try. And then it kind of hones in everything I've done in the past 20 years has just started to culminate now into one singular direction. And there's not anything that I've done that has been excluded because it, now it's all contributing to who I am and the mission and what's driving me forward. There is nothing that's in vain. Even the crap that you go through, there's never anything that you just wanna exclude except the lack of making a decision in the first place.
whether it's even yes or no, being passive and letting the world or somebody else decide that's the only thing that I've ever regretted is allowing somebody else to make the decision for me. Mm, that's dude, that's powerful stuff, man. I love it. <laughs> I want to add on, but I love it. No, it makes makes a lot of sense. Like I think what one thing I like to to kind of recommend people to kind because of, I know like finding your passion like this vague concept. We got to try a bunch of stuff. Okay. It is right finding your why. Yeah, Simon yeah. It's like so you got to do this because because yeah. just to be clear, before Master Talk, I just wanted to make a lot of money. That's yeah. it. Yeah, there's nothing it. like. But it was it was for another purpose, you know, raising money for charity, that kind of yeah. stuff, and also. But then after transform, so how do you get from A to B? Here's a framework. So there's two different frameworks I use. One is this idea of practicing to be more insane. So I have this adage that I just live by, which is be insane or be the same. So if you want to be like everyone else, go ahead and do that. Right? <laughs> That's great. Yep. Right? But if you want to do something important, you want to do something special, you want to make a difference, yeah. learn to be more insane. So what does that mean practically? Simple exercise. I guarantee 95% of the people listening, that's simple, won't even do. Communicate the weird things that you do that are not illegal to everyone around you. <laughs> I like that disclaimer. So, so this sounds ridiculous, but yeah. let me explain why it's important. Oh, I like it. I just really like the not illegal part. <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely important. Don't do that. I don't want, I want to get arrested because of, but it is uh, the, the reason why this exercise is so effective yeah. is because we all are weird without question. But right the on. difference is the people who are successful aren't afraid to communicate that weirdness in their own way. Yeah. I'll start because I always like setting the example. I dance alone in my basement an hour a day. I can carry, I can sit, I can speak three languages, but I can karaoke in eight. I absolutely love Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift. I think they're amazing artists. I don't know why people hate on them so much. Yep. They're like that kind of stuff. But what I want everyone to pay attention to is not what I'm saying, but rather the confidence I'm exuding by saying it. Yeah. So when I did this the first time, 90% of the people around me were like, this guy a loser or something? What the hell is this guy doing? But the other 10%, which is more important for our conversation, said, yeah, I don't really care. Just don't, just don't dance in front of me and you're fine. <laughs> well, I stick to the people who accept you for the way that you are. Yeah, right on, man. And when that starts happening, you start to practice being more insane. And then you start to question everything. Why can't I coach CEOs? I know more about communication. But yeah. I was a but I was 22. It seemed like a crazy thought. Now it's just a normal thing. Oh, yeah, I got a meeting with him after and blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's when you start questioning everything, everything becomes clear. And the best way to do that is stepping into your insanity. That's yeah. the first thing. The second part of the argument that I got from this book called Zero to One by Peter Thiel. So Peter Thiel is the founder of PayPal Entry Familiar. He built all of these amazing technology companies. And he has this question, the first page of the book, that is probably the hardest question I've ever answered in my life, which is the following. What is the truth that you believe in that most people disagree with you on? And the reason why this is complicated and is because most human beings don't want to answer the question because it forces you to say something controversial. But the punchline is that it is through that controversial thinking that you can develop insights that are unique, that are special, that will feed the purpose that you have here. But the only way to get there is to be controversial to begin with. So for me, how in the world does it make sense for a 22-year-old to coach CEOs on public speaking at the age of 22? It makes no sense. Yeah. The other side of the equation is why not? 
I could be the youngest speech coach. I could do this. But more importantly, I can help build the next generation of leaders. 16-year-old Julia, who does she have to turn to? A bunch of old white dudes who are like 60, right? That's the side. I hope that makes sense. Dude, that's beautiful. And I think you're hitting on the one thing for today too, is step into the insanity. Step into your insanity. You know, maybe it's not the, you're going to find that there's a lot of other people out there, right? It's almost like medical conditions, I guess, in some way. That's the first thing that comes to your mind. It's like as soon as you say, yeah, I'm taking this for that. Like, oh, yeah, I had to also, you know, and you think it's like this, this thing that you should keep bottled up inside, but it's so much of who you are. You know, so st- I'm going to remember that phrase, man. Step, in, step into your insanity. I do every day. You know, because I'm freaking weird, dude. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, uh, there's so I mean, oh man, but uh, where can people find Master Talk, and where can people find you? Because I want everyone to dive into this. Because, it, dude, you're a. I can teach people how to speak. You know that that's cool. Obviously, I do it now. But there's so much more that I feel that you bring to the table. And for everyone listening, Brendan's a better vocal, better speech coach than I am. You know, <laughs> better Very speaking kind of you. than I am. Very kind of you. And I want to just say only because I can hear the. Well, we can see each other, right? But I can see the the passion that's in your face when you talk about this. And a lot of what you're t- t- saying too, man, is really like tapping into your own self when you're speaking. You know, if you're stepping into the insanity, that applies when you're on stage. Be yourself. Part of my insanity, dude, is I wear crazy clothes. Today, I've got my t-shirt on. That's cool. But yesterday, dude, I mean, I was doing three shows and I had different crazy shirt on every single time because I feel that what I wear on the outside needs to reflect who I am on the inside. This comes back to that mirror, right? That you were talking about earlier, man. It's beautiful. Where can everyone find you and how can they get involved in what you're doing in Master Talk? Of course. And I appreciate you saying that, Rick. It uh, means a lot. But I think the idea is that what I always say on these shows, I'm never as famous as Rick here. So feel free to just DM <laughs> me directly on Instagram. Very, you know, I answer everything. So I'm at Master Your Talk on Instagram. If you want to check out my videos and master your public speaking skills, check out my YouTube channel, which is Master Talk in One Name. That's awesome, man. You know, I'm doing a virtual event later this year too. I want to talk to you when we get to that too about doing just a little piece because I think you're, I think you've got a lot to bring to the table. Especially for us nerds that are out there, right? <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, cool, man. Well, thanks for being on, dude. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message. I love it. You gave me a lot of fun today. I appreciate that, brother. Likewise, man. I really appreciate that you have me on.